All right, here we are in the third wave of the pandemic, and we're still dealing with people that have, you know, these long hauler symptoms. About 10% of people who contracted COVID-19 have developed long haul symptoms. Some people believe the number could be as high as 30%, but we're still not sure why. And as provincial and federal governments focus on urgent pandemic priorities, and I understand why they would, we need to get this pandemic under control uh, and we need to vaccine, vaccinate as many people as possible. We still got people suffering from debilitating symptoms. And this is after COVID-19 infections have been left behind. Dr. Nadia Alum is a uh, family physician in Georgetown and past president of the Ontario Medical Association. She joins the show now. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on again. Thank you, Kelly. And please just call me Nadia. Okay, Nadia, uh, it's tough for me to do because I'm, you know, from a family with physicians <laughs> in it and I know what doctor means. So one of the, uh, w- one of the greatest misconceptions with COVID-19 is that you, you, if you don't develop a severe cause of the, the, you know, disease, mm-hmm. um, it's two weeks and you're done scenario. Do you think that's one of the greatest misconceptions, misconceptions? Would you agree with me? I do agree with you. People, I think are just beginning to realize, and maybe perhaps actually, I think most people don't realize what a nasty virus this is and how many systems in your body it actually impacts. It's not just a cough and cold. It's not just the flu. You don't just get muscle pains and fever and a a bit of cough for two weeks. You can have impacts in your heart. You can have long-lasting damage to your lungs. You can have neurological symptoms, forgetfulness, pain, that sort of thing, um, that can last for months to years, you can actually end up with profound disability from this virus. It's, it's quite extraordinary and sad. And a big challenge, I would assume, not only for diagnosing yeah. what's going on with the patients when it comes to being a family physician, but um, finding some sort of support for a COVID long hauler. Absolutely. And there are some centers now in Toronto and in Hamilton, and I believe in London as well, that are um, rehab centers that have begun focusing on treating patients with long haul COVID. Um, But I know as a family doctor, a lot of these symptoms, um, persistent muscle pain, shortness of breath, um, forgetfulness, not feeling quite like yourself, fatigue. Oh, my gosh, the fatigue. These symptoms are so vague and can be found in a number of other illnesses. If the patient doesn't mention that they've got COVID, um, it won't trigger me to include COVID as a possible diagnosis, which makes it more challenging to get them the help they need when they need it. And how challenging is it, you know, when we're talking about people that might not even know they had COVID because or or yeah. weren't didn't yeah. actually get the opportunity to have a test because I remember early days you couldn't even get a test even if you mm-hmm. felt you were sick you were told stay home self isolate we're keeping the tests for um, particular people only so you, you I guess a lot of people that come into you and to other family doctors are left to speculate as to whether they are indeed long haulers whether they even had it yeah and and it speaks to the fact that we're going to need antibody testing to be able to establish the diagnosis after the fact. We've got antibody testing for other viruses, not every single virus under the sun, but things like um, the Epstein-Barr virus, CNV, things like that, that we can test for even if the patient isn't acutely sick from that virus anymore. We will hopefully see that with COVID as well so that it becomes part of our, our 
diagnostic tool belt. The, the big thing, though, is that it can have a profound impact. I've had patients who, who've had um, COVID or I've known of patients who've had COVID and they find that even months later, they don't return to their normal functioning. They used to be able to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and now they can barely make it to 20 before they're exhausted and they have to call it a day. It's, it's a profound impact. Yeah, I was reading a, an extreme example of this woman who said uh, that she was asked to draw a clock, a simple clock, and she said yeah. she did not know where to put the numbers. She was absolutely oh, shocked. Wow. Now, there are a lot of people that are told that they're suffering from anxiety when they go in and say, you know, I, I had COVID and I've got this and that. How, how damaging is it for people to not recognize that they might still be suffering from the long haulers, um, the long haul, I guess, uh, of having uh, the, the COVID-19? How damaging is it for their mental health and recovery if they're told, well, it's anxiety, it's in your mind? It's a different set of treatment. Anxiety has totally different treatment from long-haul COVID. And yes, while we're still figuring things out for the pandemic, right? We're still figuring this virus out. We're still figuring out what treatments to provide patients, um, not just in the acute phase, but in the long-term phase. Treatment for anxiety is very different from treatment for long-haul COVID. It's How do you treat long-haul COVID? requires multidisciplinary support and it requires subspecialist support in some instances. You may need to see physiatrists if you have um, physical disability. You may need to see a cardiologist if you've got cardiac symptoms. It all depends on the constellation of symptoms and issues that you have. It may require physiotherapists and allied health providers um, to help regain your strength, regain your stamina, work on your your memory you may need to see neurologists you may need to see dementia specialists it can it, it takes a whole team it takes wow. a whole village like it is it's a complex one it is a nasty one yeah canada apparently uh we haven't really done this but other countries like the uk announced a 17.3 million dollar um, investment to open up 60 specialized clinics. These are specialized for long haulers. And, you know, just the list that you just uh, went through really makes me think, okay, well, we do need, you, you know, specialized clinics where people can go. How would a provincially coordinated approach to dealing with COVID long haulers help? Like, can you maybe break that down for us? It starts with communication. People need to understand just how serious the illness is. I, I realize there's a lot of misinformation that's circulating. I have patients or I've met people who've said COVID doesn't exist. It's not that serious. It's just a cough and cold. It's talking about how serious it is. And the best way to do that is to talk to patients who are already suffering from long-haul COVID. Talk to them. Get them to talk about what they feel, how they've struggled and and what that experience has been like. Sure, doctors and, and government officials and allied health, we can speak until we're blue in the face, but at the end of the day, it is far more powerful coming from a patient. It is far more compelling coming from a patient. And then from there, we need to set up recognized programs, and we need to advertise those programs to family physicians who will end up seeing these patients firsthand who will need clear protocols on how to work them up and then how to access these specialized teams 
to, to help take care of these very complex patients. Yeah, I would imagine you start to discover patterns. And when you have the patterns, then you can start to work on a, a template for how to, t- how to uh, deal with COVID long haulers. And you can uh, get that information out to family f- physicians. How important moving forward is it going to be for you and for your patients to know if they had COVID in the past with these antibody tests? Very important. It's, if the patient doesn't realize, like if they haven't already been tested through nasopharyngeal swab when they were ill and confirmed to have COVID, we're going to need a test that can, that can confirm COVID, can diagnose COVID after the fact, just to help us figure out where, what help this patient needs. Because it's important to remember, anxiety and stress can produce some of the similar symptoms. A lot of other illnesses can produce some similar symptoms as well. And treatment for those is different. So we really need a way of separating out the long haulers from everything else. 